What's up? It's Andy Grammer with Jag. Hi, this is Carly Rae Jepsen, and you're listening to Jag. Hi, everybody. It's Joe Jonas hanging with Jag. This is Heather Knox with the hottest Jag I've ever seen. Ryan Seacrest with Jag. It's B.O.B. checking in with my homie Jag. So much swag with my homie Jag. It's the Jag Show podcast. So anybody who knows me knows in my career I spent a wonderful three years in the state of Louisiana, or some would call it the country of Louisiana because it's a totally different uh, culture down there. And my guest today, Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs, is in Baton Rouge, very next door to where I was in New Orleans. Welcome, Catherine. Good to have you with us. Thank you so much, John. I'm so glad to be here. First of all, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, how are you? All your loved ones okay? I know I, it's pretty dicey down there in Louisiana right now. We are concerned, but uh, we're really banding together as a community. I'm seeing so many people who are just trying so hard to do two things, maintain the stay-at-home request and order, and then also do as much as we can to help. And we are paying attention. It is it is a little scary, but you're also seeing a, a real community spirit coming together. I know because you, you've been here in Louisiana, you know that family and friends are very important, and you're seeing all of those come together right now. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad to hear that you and yours are safe. Yes, sir. We're recording this on April 10th, right in the height of everything. So yes. before we get into what you do, which is somewhat similar to what I do, but a few uh, different twists on it, Tell me how you ended up in Louisiana, and I had some real culture shock given that I grew up in Boston and went to Detroit and then Louisiana, and you're from California originally, right? That's right. And when you were opening and saying the country of Louisiana, the joke I think totally applies is New Orleans would be surprised to find out they're part of Louisiana, and Louisiana would be surprised to find out it's part of the United States. (laughs) I like that. That's so true. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, I live in Baton Rouge, the capital city, the red stick, as I like to call it. And there's a sibling rivalry. Let's just we'll get this out there right now between Baton Rouge, New Orleans and Lafayette. And I got to tell you, first of all, we're all in South Louisiana. So South Louisianans like to distance themselves from the rest of Louisiana, first of all. (laughs) And then I have literally had New Orleans people tell me, oh, sorry, sweetheart, you live in Baton Rouge. Oh, you bless your heart, you poor thing. But I lo- I'm really enjoying Baton Rouge. And so when people say, well, what brought you out here? I would say, well, it's happening in Baton Rouge. But of course, that's not exactly true. My husband's actually a manager with Trader Joe's. Okay. Everybody's favorite unique grocery store. And we came out to open the flagship first Louisiana Trader Joe's about almost seven years ago now. So I was in New Orleans from 2013 to 2016, and when the Trader Joe's opened in Baton Rouge, I actually loaded up my car with like insulated freezer bags and drove the hour to Baton Rouge to load up on Trader Joe's stuff and bring it back to New Orleans. Then, of course, the store in Bettery opened uh, Mm -hmm. outside New Orleans after I had left, so I didn't get to enjoy that. I still can't believe that you and I were in the same state at the same time, and we just didn't know each other then. Yeah, it's funny how life works out that way, and I... You know, what you said about the rivalry between uh, Baton Rouge and New Orleans, which, you know, unless you're talking Saints or LSU, they're they're never on the same page with anything. That's right. And my radio station, Voodoo 104, the transmitter was actually in Homa. So it was sort of halfway in between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. And at different times in its existence, that 104.1 frequency was either a New Orleans station or a Baton Rouge station. And the management, before I even got there, realized you can't be both. You got to pick one. So when I got there, they rebranded it as Voodoo 104, Mm. and we were a New Orleans-focused station, although it did come in in Baton Rouge, some parts better than New Orleans. So we can go down the radio rabbit hole too far, so I, I will stop it there. 
So you get to Baton Rouge, you move there with your husband for work, and how does podcasting enter the picture? It was kind of a surprise, honestly, that we moved to Louisiana. It was a very quick move that we made, and I thought, this is going to be a real opportunity for me. I was a heavy consumer of podcasts at that point, and honestly, still am. Mm -hmm. And when I moved to Louisiana, I thought, okay, this is this is my opportunity to, to try and do something new. It gave me a chance to make a clean break from the career I had been in before. I also have been involved in Toastmasters since 2010. Toastmasters is the world's largest communication and leadership organization. I was already knowing people who were speakers. I was doing some speaking myself. And so there, there's a little bit of an audio thing happening already. Since I was such a heavy consumer of podcasting, I thought, well, maybe this is my chance to get involved in this in this industry. I really wanted in, John. I really wanted in. I just love yes. podcasts so much. And I thought, how can I get in? Well, also, because I was new in Baton Rouge, I was trying to get myself acclimated to our new community. And I started volunteering for a dog rescue group here. And I approached the executive director and I said, hey, can I do a podcast for your organization? Well, first of all, thank goodness her son-in-law did a Saints football podcast. So she knew what a podcast was. And Always she, important starting yeah. point. Yep. <laughs> well, all of us podcasters who've been doing this for a while are very good at doing our 30-second what is a podcast explanation because we did encounter so many people who weren't familiar yet. But anyway, so she knew what a podcast was and she told me to just knock myself out. If I was going to, you know, you just go and do it and there you go. So we did about two over 200 episodes. We got nominated for best podcast in our local glossy magazine. It was the PawCast, not a podcast, a PawCast. Love it. Okay, yep. And it was really great. And the thing, too, is that it gave me a chance to learn how to podcast. I got to make all my mistakes at podcasting. Not that I still, I you know, every once in a while I have some mistakes still up my sleeves. Always a learning process, yep. So I was able to do it. I got the episodes out, and it was a really great experience. And I was able to start getting paid customers from doing that PawCast. The podcast. I love it. And uh, you know me, I'm also a dog lover. Yeah, so I, I know. love that you did it. <laughs> Another thing we have in common. Indeed, indeed. So I love that you kind of got there and you started. And so you're from Southern California or Northern California? Actually, Central Coast. So almost halfway between Los Angeles and San Francisco on the coast. So just to sidetrack for a second, were you called a Yankee when you got down there? Because I was, because I grew up in the Northeast. So that's part of the pro my problem. I didn't get called a Yankee, but I did somehow magically. In Louisiana, California is the north. <laughs> so, so if you're, I'm, I, even though I would say I'm from the west, they would say, well, I think you're from the north. You, like me, found out very quickly what bless your heart bless really means. Bless your heart really means, right, yeah. Although, I, okay, I have to say, the one adjustment I have made is I do say y'all now, and it is a very useful word. I like the word y'all. In fact, when I was uh, my now wife here in Michigan, when I flew back up to visit her, we got some ice cream one summer and I got my change and I said, thanks, y'all. And I caught myself and went, oh, <laughs> I'm not even in Louisiana. And I said, y'all, I guess it's rubbing off on me. So, But you had the three years here, so you you are an accredited y'all user. I like that. I don't know. I, I don't know if my New Orleans coworkers agree with that, but I'm totally <laughs> going to go with it. Yeah. So we've talked about how you got to Louisiana. You started the podcast business. And again, starting out and learning as you go is such an important part of the process for everybody. And then in the last month or two, don't need me to tell you, the world has been turned upside down. Yes, and sir. I feel like I have to do a shot every time somebody says new normal. So I'm going to stay away from that phrase. But one of the reasons I wanted to talk today, Catherine, is you kind of came up with this idea and this project to use podcasting to help a lot of small businesses that have really fallen on hard times with this pandemic. 
Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. I actually am a subscriber to the podcast business journal, which I recommend to people who are interested in podcasting. They have a daily email blast and they feature what's going on in our industry. And they actually had a post about a group out in Wisconsin. It's called Edge Marketing and Media. And they launched a podcast called We Are MKE, which is a Milwaukee, yeah. Milwaukee uh, moniker. And I thought, as soon as I read it, this podcast in Milwaukee is actually doing fundraising for local small businesses. And as soon as I read the post, it just hit me. Just to give a little bit behind the curtain is the prior week, I had really, like a lot of people, I had had just a roller coaster of emotions. Everything was up and then everything was down and everything yeah. is up and everything is down. And John, I got to tell you, I was really stymied by the feeling that I wanted to help. I wanted to do something, but yet I'm supposed to stay at home. And especially too, I have a, you know, my husband and I have really tried to be very conscious because he's still working and with the public that there's an extra consideration that we have a different exposure than a lot of people. Absolutely. So trying to be staying at home being extra conscious of that. And so I really just, I didn't know how could I help? How could I help? And I didn't want to keep going on this roller coaster of, a, of emotion. And as soon as I read that post about what this group was doing in Milwaukee, I thought, oh my gosh, that's something I can do. I could do something very similar for my own community here in Baton Rouge. So this mm -hmm. whole week, I've been just a buzz and making calls and making interviews. And I've put together a podcast called red stick strong. And like I said before, Baton Rouge is called the red stick. We're a strong community. And this is a podcast that is going to be short and sweet episodes, just very to the point. And I'm talking to business people who are continuing to serve clientele during the pandemic, and just giving them a shout out, giving them an opportunity to tell people how customers can still do business with them despite our current circumstances. And let me tell you, there are some very optimistic business people. There are business people who have made pivots and are just really trying to, you know, they've never done online ordering before. They've got it going. They never did invoicing before. Now they have a touchless pay system. They are engaged with waiter. They're engaged with the delivery services. They've, you know, gone porch delivery. They've done, they're doing it all to keep going during the pandemic. And it's just, I'm really lightened that I can use podcasting to help people. And it's great to hear these wonderful stories about people who are saying, okay, problem, what's next? We're going to get past this. We're going to overcome this obstacle and go forward. I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. Is the podcast live already or is it? It sure is. Yes. Uh, redstickstrong.com, all your favorite apps, it's available. And we will link to that in our show notes from this Thanks, episode, of course. So I always enjoy hearing what you're up to, Catherine. So how has it been? I would imagine a lot of these business owners are first-time podcasters. And is there a learning curve with them? Or is it just a matter of, hey, I want to help you get your message out? Well, first of all, I now that everybody's on Zoom or doing some sort of conference call, you know, we're doing Squadcast right now. This is something that people are now familiar with. So if I make it easy and I just say, I have a couple of questions for you. I've kept the interviews to about four solid questions. I'm asking the consistent questions, just again, with that focus on getting the episodes out, getting to the story of what I want to know from people, which is how to do business with you, what's going well, what do you see as the greatest need, and what do you want to say to Baton Rouge? If I'm making it easy for people, I'm giving them four quick questions. And if I'm able to record them on a video conferencing or other sorts of distance remote recording opportunity, they're really finding it to be easy. I'm trying to make it as easy for people as possible. 
A lot of people are doing video conferencing right now. A lot of people are familiar with this format. So if I just say, I'm just going to ask you a couple of quick questions, most people are really easy with it. Honestly, it's a, it's a way just for the community to come together. I think in this time where so many of us are stuck at home and not leaving our houses, there's this need to both create and consume content. I yeah. mean, we can only watch Tiger King so many times before we get tired of it. So. Right. Well, and uh, honestly, if you go down the news rabbit hole, that's another dark <laughs> place to go. It's terrible for your psyche. I think my wife and I kind of have a system now where... You know, we get up between six and seven, watch the local news. We watch the first segment of Good Morning America to know what's going on at seven. And then the TV's off the rest of the day. We're both working. We'll watch the uh, the nightly network news at 6.30, well, 5.30 for y- y'all in the central oh, time zone, but, but 6.30 for us. So we'll watch the news twice a day. And then that's it. Because if we get stuck, with the exception of the Cuomo Brothers Comedy Hour on CNN, which has been enjoyable to us, it, we try to stay away from consuming all the news because... The news is really depressing, mm. and it's really frustrating to watch and seeing what's happening. And I'm not going to certainly get political in the podcast here, but it's just very difficult, and it's important to be able to draw that line and say, okay, I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to pay attention to something else right now. Yeah. And you and I both know that podcasting is a real relationship builder, mm-hmm. and I love to be able to talk to people and help them tell their stories to a listening audience and that there is something different talking to let's say a bakery owner about why she started her business to begin with and what she's doing now and it gives people an an opportunity to know her in a way that they otherwise wouldn't and i'm really just really gratified by that yeah as i've mentioned in previous episodes we have this uh podcast producers group i like to call it a mastermind group and make us all sound really smart but it's there's five of us in it now and you kind of help put this together we all kind of get together on a Zoom once a month and share ideas because we have similar things that we do. You in Baton Rouge, myself in Detroit, our buddy Johnny in Fort Worth, David in Boston, Matt in Winnipeg. Yes, we are international. Exactly. You kind of put this together and you, and we've kind of all been on each other's podcast lately, and you were on Johnny's show from Straight Up Podcast. Something that you mentioned that I would like you to come back to that really stuck with me was how much content is important in a podcast. This philosophy of mine, I'll I'll upgrade. Since you've upgraded us to a mastermind, I will upgrade this to my philosophy. (laughs) One of the things I noticed in the podcast world of all these people who are starting podcasts and what have you is that there was just a tremendous amount of technical questions saying, where do I host a podcast? How do I get my audio? What's the best setup? And then my favorite question, what mic do I use? (laughs) And all those things are entirely important. But I noticed that a lot of people weren't asking the most important question to me, which is, what is it you want to say? As I've worked with clients to develop podcasts for their businesses, I really started to hone in on the idea that Podcasting is a content question, not necessarily a technical thing. Those technical pieces are important, but you can learn them. I learned them. You come from radio, so you had an advantage there. But I really believe that almost anybody can learn how to do the technical side of podcasting. They can get good audio. They can choose the right equipment and use it properly. But then it comes back to what is it you want to say? What is your take on things? Who do you want to talk to and why? And that is really more of an important question because that's the thing that is going to sustain your podcast over the long term. The technical side is an initial hump. The rest of your podcasting career is all on the content. 
So don't enter a podcast without knowing all the things you want to cover and just being able to sort of see down the line what is your message that you're bringing to the world. What would you say would be the key piece of content for Red Stick Strong? The key piece of content is who's doing business now and how you can still stay in touch with them. Like I mentioned to you, I just am keeping it to four questions. Speaking of Johnny Peterson, that's his technique for his podcast, uh, just to have those four basic questions. We don't have a lot of time. I wanted to make them as short, as sweet as I can make them and really just get down to brass tacks. How can people do business with you now, mid-pandemic? So that's, I would say that's the spirit of that show. Love it. It's just so important. There's an old radio cliche, content is king. That's right. You can have a $10,000 studio, but if your content isn't compelling, it ain't going to work. That's true. If you have good content on a $100 USB microphone, that's going to be a better podcast. Right. As long as the audio is decent and doesn't hurt somebody's ears, yes, we all want perfect audio, but if anything, the content really is more important, and I was so glad you'd said that on Johnny's podcast because it was nice to hear that and just be reminded of that because, like you said, we do get caught up on USB and XLR and Squadcast and Zoom and alphabet soup of all these different types of pieces of technology, but... If you don't have the good content, people aren't going to listen. There's too many other choices out there. And I'll just share this very brief story. I shared this before, but I think part of my influence comes from podcasting 1.0 when I was still a heavy consumer before I was involved in podcasting. One of my absolute favorite podcasts was a guy who called on his phone to a cloud recorder. It sounded like I was listening to a phone call but he had the content that was very compelling. It was appointment listening for me. I was He was the first thing I listened to when he had a new episode. So I just knew that that was the thing, is that I would be willing to listen to something that was like a phone call <laughs> because he was delivering something I wanted to hear. You know, and even back to the days of talk radio, people would call in to talk radio. You'd have listeners call in. People didn't really seem to mind that it was on a phone because right. the content was good. If you've got, you know, the president who's calling into your show... People aren't going to care if it's over the phone as long as the content is there. So don't sacrifice content for equipment. Content first, equipment second. I I absolutely love that. And let's say you and I know from podcast land is that the Apple podcast is filled to the brim of podcasts that hit seven episodes and no more. And I'm not talking about- They pod-faded, yeah. They pod-faded. I'm not talking about limited series podcasts, which is different. They might have that limited number of of episodes, but I'm talking about the people who came out of the gates running, they were so excited, and then, whew, they hit that wall pretty hard. I think that that is so important. And one of the reasons when I sign up a client, I sign them up for a season, and we decide ahead of time, is it going to be three episodes, five episodes, 10 episodes? Let's do one season, so it's not this- infinite task you feel like you've got to do every week or every month and you just get bogged down and lose your passion for it. Let's do a set amount, map it out, plan it out. One of my, uh, I always mentioned this analogy, one of my early uh, mentors in radio said that doing a radio show or a podcast is like driving a race car. You do all your work in the pit. So when the race starts, all you've got to do is drive. Right. Same thing. How many episodes are we going to do? What are we going to do in each episode? How are we going to lay out the episode? Let's map this out for what we're going to talk about. You and I had a discussion before we started recording of what stuff we wanted to cover today so that the content is there and you're not just turning on the mic and hoping that it turns out okay. (laughs) Right. Well, and also, if I can bring in one of my other favorite topics, this is like how stories are built. This is a storytelling technique is that you know where you're going so that you're able to take all the necessary steps to make sure it makes sense and is carrying people's attention the entire way. 
And that's whether you're providing a news or an information podcast or you're doing a, a narrative storytelling podcast or if you're doing a branded podcast, talk about your business. All of this falls into audio and relating and whatever morning show you grew up listening to, mm. they were able to relate to you. They, you know, it sounds like they just turned on the mic and went, but I can guarantee if it was a successful morning show. I mean, the one that I worked with here in Detroit, they had a whiteboard that took up an entire wall of the studio. One side of the studio was a giant whiteboard and that thing was covered every day. Okay. at seven ten, we're going to do this at seven 30. We're going to do this at seven 45. We're going to do this. And because of that, the show sounded that much better because of all the planning that went into it. Yeah. There's a phrase that easy reading is hard writing. There's something similar about podcasting is that easy listening is hard planning, maybe. Absolutely. Well, I have a lot of friends that are in Louisiana that are lifelong friends to this day. And if somebody is in the Baton Rouge area or anywhere and wants to work with you on creating a podcast, what are the best ways to reach you, Catherine? Oh, John, I'm glad you asked. Uh, my website is Branch Out Programs, branchoutprograms.com. And then I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Hello Catherine O. And I would love to talk to you there. Last uh, bonus question for you. Yeah. What do you have for dogs? I have an uh, American Staffordshire Terrier, so I like to say I have a dog and a half because she's <laughs> she is all muscly. She is uh, she's a gorgeous girl. You might not be familiar with this term, but when you when people foster dogs and you adopt that you end up adopting the dog, it's called a foster fail. I have heard that term. Yep. So even though it's a positive thing, so we actually had, uh, fostered Riley, and she is now our baby, and she's been with us for four years. She's a five year old dog, and she is oh. She is the biggest daddy's girl you've ever seen. <laughs> so <laughs> she's a she's a great dog, and I like to credit her as being my associate producer on many of the shows I work on. Well, as you know, uh, our former dog that that no longer with us, but he was our chief napping officer. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm the CEO. The wife is the CFO, and he he was the CNO. Aw, yeah. And we're and we're getting uh, we're getting close to bringing uh, a a new uh, a new four legged barking consultant into the fold. So Perfect. that's probably going to happen sooner rather than yeah, later. Here's the final message: Dogs make life better. Could not agree with you more. That might be the most important thing we've covered in this whole <laughs> yeah, podcast. <exactly>. <laughs> Forget that podcasting. Let's get on to the dogs. <laughs> Catherine O'Brien, Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Thank you so much for the time today. Have a safe and healthy weekend. And thanks to your husband working on the front lines there at Trader Thank Joe's. You. We all certainly appreciate everything that he and all his coworkers are doing. So thank you so much. Stay healthy, stay safe, take care, and we'll talk soon. Sounds great. <laughs>